0: hello everyone welcome back to the podcast this is going to be the last podcast of 2023 so crazy and i am here with my friend sam panazopoulos who has been on the show before
1: when were you on the show probably over a year ago
0: yeah a long time ago wow uh so some of you might remember sam sam would you like to intro yourself
1: yeah, happy to be back. I don't really know what my introduction is anymore. <laughs> I would say we're friends. I'm here for the week. We're hanging out. And that's my
0: context. <laughs> okay, that's that's the only context you want to give. Cool. Um, yeah, well, we've been friends for how many years? At least three. Yeah, kind of three. Yeah. We've been talking, we've been telling Andrew about our, as Sam calls it, tumultuous friendship. <laughs> And the three times she canceled me.
1: <laughs> I feel like he needs the context. Otherwise, we just kind of rush through the stories and yeah. he doesn't have time to catch up.
0: Yeah. So we've been covering our friendship in depth the last like day <laughs> since you've been here. But yeah, I, um, you know, I prefer to have a conversation than talk to myself. So thanks for taking part in this.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I've been loving your Instagram series.
0: Thank so you. I feel
1: like this is a long form version of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe less specific. I don't think I'll get into, I was thinking about that. I was like, as I've been writing these posts, I'm like, I could do a whole podcast episode about each of these months and I would have a lot to say because I always have a lot to say. So what do you love about it? I think the, obviously I was there for a lot of the stories. So I had the
1: behind the curtain, yeah. but I think it's cool to get the context of mm-hmm. how things grew from one another. mm. So, like, you look at something today and you can see where it ended in December, but how did it get there?
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. It kind of like put a lot together for me. And one of the main things was, I'm like, no wonder I've just been so tired. I was like,
1: (laughs) shocking, right?
0: Because part of this was so the way I put it together was I went through my photo album, you know, and I just went month by month and like pulled out highlights. And then I cross referenced with my Google Calendar. And I was, like, looking at it in hindsight, I'm like, wow, there are so many, like, it was pretty much nonstop. Like, I'd be home and I'd have two to three days and then beat it the next place. Like, the entire year. Like, literally the entire year. Well, I
1: remember real time when you were doing it. I was like, how are you keeping up with this schedule? It felt like you were living out of a suitcase. It was. Oh, but also, weren't you kind of doing that, too?
0: Yeah, but I felt
1: exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it. So I stopped
0: doing it and made a plan to stop yeah. doing it.
1: In October,
0: well, my my question is, I feel like there are a lot of people that d- do that in like the entrepreneurship space that I know, and I'm like, do people actually like that, or or do they all not like it, or do some people really thrive on that?
1: I'm sure some people do, yeah. Because everybody's different. I think if you're in the thick of it enough, you don't realize how tired you are. Yeah. So if you're alternate, at least I was, if you're alternating between like alcohol, caffeine, events dopamine rush of meeting new people like getting things you don't really notice how tired you are yeah but then when that slows down and you hit a brick wall yeah all of a sudden oh I haven't been taking care of myself comes to the forefront yeah totally well I think also
0: with what I do it feel it's for me it's very much this feeling of like I can't really well I can but like with how my business has been the last year I can't really do my like work until I'm home has been like kind of the feeling versus, um, when I've gone on trips, like I've, I've always spent a lot of time like traveling during the year, but like previously there was a lot of trips where like, it would be like, I'm here, I'm in Santa Fe for a week and I'm just kind of working, you know, and I can like ground in there and get things done. But this was so much like stop and go. And it was only in those two to three breaks that I could like do my work, you know, cause we were like off gallivanting about. Um, and I think that also contributed to a lot of the chaos,
1: you know, and your trips are super high output. So you're either hosting something or attending something that requires
0: a lot. Yeah. You're not just like locking yourself in a house for a week. Well, yeah, I know. I was so much fun. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed it, but it was like, I don't know, for me, it was interesting of like how I needed to get out of that house. I was supposed to get out of that house and I kept thinking like I wish I had more time to just like enjoy this while I have it like you know Mm kind of like you know someone's moving away and you just want to hang out with them as much as you can (laughs) before they move away.
1: (laughs) I mean that also contributes though if you think about it because if you're (laughs) traveling a ton and you come back and you don't really have a house yeah there's no R&R either yeah so every time you came back it was also very yeah totally just strange energy.
0: Well, I just felt like I knew it was like I knew my days were numbered there and I wanted to just enjoy it, like take advantage of everything I had while I was there. But I was like, oh, on to my next thing. And then I got like, you know, I was out of the house. Like, I think that uh, uh, there were like a few moments throughout this year where I just hit like a. I don't even know, a breaking point or a pinnacle point. They're maybe the same. <laughs> and like one of those was for sure when I got back from, like when I went, you know, from Paris to NorCal and you had gone from Paris to Greece, mm-hmm. right? And like we get back and there's literally like three days for me to throw a party. We go to Danielle's party. Uh, we I have the Packers and the Movers putting everything together and then I'm driving to Arizona, right? And Andrew's literally like, I mean, the last night we were there, he went, I think we went to bed at like 1045 and he woke up at 1.30 a.m. to drive. Like it was like that kind of energy nonstop. Mm -hmm. Like we got like two hours of sleep, you know? Um, And I just was so, I was just, it was just so much. It was just so much, so fast, you know? And it
1: was all things you wanted to do. Yeah. Right? Like, of course, like Paris was so much fun. You're Mm -hmm. like, I have to go to San Francisco. Like all of these things just, I think it's. It's made easier when you enjoy the things that you're doing. Yeah. So thank God it was like weddings and fun stuff versus yeah.
0: not all, but there was a lot of fun stuff mixed in. Oh, it was super fun. That just kept the excitement high. Well, I think that was a different angle I re- i hadn't really like gone into before. It's it's one thing if you're like going through all this and you're like, I hate all this and I hate going there. I need to change my life. But – and I said this about leaving San Diego. I'm like, I am overwhelmed with my social calendar and events and things like – friends and whatever not from the sense of like I hate doing all this I want to get out but from the sense of like I love all this and there's no piece of me that wants to say no so I need to literally remove myself from the situation (laughs) so that I cannot do these things you know because it's like it's not like I I'm saying about like yes to things I don't want to be doing I'm saying yes to things I do want to be doing but there's like too many of them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I mean we (laughs) we pretty much did the same thing just completely different
1: strategies for it what do you mean like (laughs) the my social Uh, sabbatical concept was same thing like tell everybody what your social sabbatical was I was traveling a ton Mm -hmm. just like you for the first six months of the year and at the beginning of the year I was like I need a break I don't know what that will look Mm -hmm. like I was looking up like cabins on Airbnb and Mm -hmm. really romanticizing the whole thing but I just blocked off of my calendar October through December and I was like I'm doing a social sabbatical I'm telling everybody in advance I'm not available, <laughs> and it was like the most blissful. I ended up not doing it the whole time, but six weeks. It was it was great, and I feel like it was the same energy mm-hmm. of let me just hit the pause button on this. Yeah, I kind of cocooned in, and then you just left. Yeah, but accomplished the
0: same goal. Yeah, we did have the same goal, different ways of going about it. Yeah, uh, and I don't know, maybe similar. Similar, but different reactions? There's some similarities. I would say similar reactions. I would say similar
1: reactions. Yeah, people weren't thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I also, in hindsight, I think a lot of that was my communication. What? How did you communicate it? Like, how I introduced the concept to people. What did you say? Probably could have been a little softer. Yeah. Um. Pretty much, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I need a break. And I'm breaking up with all of you. Yeah. And in my mind, it was like, they'll understand Mm -hmm. why I'm doing this. I probably don't need to elaborate. But anytime somebody's breaking up with you, Mm -hmm. in any context, like, you kind of shut down. You don't really hear anything else. Yeah. Uh, So I could have probably thought of a million different ways to present it other than that. But it was actually very constructive, the conversations I was able to have with people
0: Mm -hmm.
1: around, like, why I was doing it and what I needed
0: out of the dynamic that I wasn't getting and... Yeah. Very healing. Healing, important conversations, interesting learning lessons for people. I think what's, what was weird for me is like, I can see how I don't think people should be taking it that personally, but I can see why they did because people will like, it's one thing if it's a choice of like, I'm here five minutes away from you and I'm just choosing, I don't want to see you for the next few months. You know, people will choose to take that personally. But I was like, I don't really know why people are taking mine personally. Like, I, I'm moving. Like, you know, I thought that was like an easy out. <laughs> like, oh, I literally can't see you.
1: <laughs> I think in all contexts, it's just human nature to think about something through the lens of how it impacts you. Yeah. Like, totally. I do it all the time. So yeah. I shouldn't be surprised yeah, if yeah. that's other people's reactions. Um, so that's why, like, communicating mm-hmm. in advance is always probably the best path. Yeah. Where you can do it just kind of smooths all the rough edges. <laughs>
0: well, what did you learn from that experience?
1: Communicate. For sure. Cause as you were as you were describing, like, it's pretty offensive in our culture to just say you're not interested in doing something. So like I'm totally available.
0: I don't think it is offensive. I think people like decide to get offended by it. So that's what I mean I don't, by... I'm not offended by it. By the culture. You tell me all the time you don't want to talk to me or don't want to see me. I don't care. I'm like, fine. <laughs> but
1: societally, like yeah. a, broad,
0: a broader lens. If,
1: say you wanted to do something and I was like, hey, I can't do that mm-hmm. because I have work. Yeah. I can't do that. My dad's in town. Yeah. I can't do that. I committed to a birthday party. Totally fine. Nobody thinks twice about it. But the second you say, hey, I can't do that because I want to spend, like, spend time by myself... People can't understand it. People cannot. Which is odd. When you really unpack it, it doesn't make sense. But in our society, that's, like, not a good enough excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is. I think at its core it is. is. But learning to communicate why is that important to you? Like, why do you need that space? Why are you choosing to prioritize that time with yourself? I think is better for the relationship as a whole.
0: So how would you have communicated that differently?
1: Um... More being probably more vulnerability around where I was struggling and why I needed it so badly. Mm. And then I think all of my friends would have understood, Mm -hmm. oh, this has nothing to do with me. Like she's doing this for herself. Interesting. Which I thought was implied. But when you're not vulnerable, that doesn't come across.
0: Give me an example of the difference. We're back to this. (laughs) Between? (laughs) Between. Um, A vulnerable communication of that and a not vulnerable communication of that. So (laughs)
1: 2023, big learning. There's a massive difference between vulnerability and transparency. Mm -hmm. So you can be super open, super transparent, and all you're doing is communicating to somebody something you've already decided that you're not emotionally involved with. Mm. So there's really no risk in the exchange and there's no like energetic interaction between you and the person because you're just telling them what you've already decided mm-hmm. but because you're being transparent it comes across in your mind as if you're making this really big leap and being vulnerable
2: mm-hmm.
1: unless there's like a level of discomfort exposure uh, i mean the word vulnerable there's mm-hmm. like a weakness in the structure unless that is happening There's really not a lot of vulnerability Mm -hmm. going down. And I know that we talked about this at length. We did. So I'm curious what you think about
0: it. Well, you didn't finish that though. So that's the, but like, so what's the example?
1: Of how to do it? Yeah. Well, I think it would depend on the context. Do you have an example in mind?
0: Well, of communicating, hey, I'm taking a social sabbatical.
1: I think probably expressing why you're doing it. Mm Mm-hmm so did you not originally not really i think i said i was overwhelmed i needed a break but people will hear hear that through the lens of their understanding Mm -hmm. yeah you work a lot of course you're overwhelmed but hanging out with me shouldn't be overwhelming Mm, i see right so more so explaining hey i'm you know definitely a people pleaser yeah (laughs) i'm trying to maintain 30 different relationships and not drop the ball in any of them and on top of that i'm also having this like massive workload with work and all of these family things going on and trying to balance all of that is way too much so i can't do this and that Mm -hmm. and when you explain that now they understand yeah oh this a has nothing to do with me b the solution that i have probably doesn't work in this context so i understand why you have arrived at the conclusion you have
0: Mm, I see. I don't know that I think that's really vulnerable, but... Well, I probably
1: would give more context in the podcast, but you you get the idea.
0: Yeah, I get the idea. No, yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot. I think what I came... My conclusion, as I said, was just that the... And as you kind of mentioned there, like, the difference um, seems to be the emotional part. Like, I don't know that I... This is the part I don't, I'm, I'm having trouble with of like this idea that, because I, th- I think it makes people feel like I have to keep having problems and like not like my life to like have a healthy level of emotional vulnerability. And I don't think of it like that. Like, like you can have a negative or uncomfortable low frequency emotion, an uncomfortable emotion and not have a problem. I agree with that. I so for me, I think it's more about the emotion.
1: Yeah. I don't think vulnerability ever should be invented mm-hmm. or needs to be invented. Mm-hmm. If there's no, if there's no reason for yeah. you to be vulnerable. Yeah. Don't go looking for one. Yeah. But when there is something that you're struggling with, mm-hmm. or there is a challenge and you feel like there's any block And your ability to, like, be open about that Mm -hmm. with the people that could support you through it. Mm -hmm. That's where I would look at the discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I not feel willing to go to this person who, if I did, I know would be able to help me when I'm presently struggling. Mm -hmm. But don't invent the struggle.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think it, it reminds me of, like, there was this whole, I don't know if you were, like, present on the internet during this era, like, when i was like like blogger days this whole like movement of like it was like vulnerability like being vulnerable is like whatever I was talking about and it it resulted in just all these people like getting on their phones like posting photos of them like in their worst possible moment, like live, real time, like kind of just like energy vomiting on everybody and just like being completely unhinged and like saying all these things. And then like, you know, the next day it's, Oh, well, you know what I said last night? I don't really, it was like just kind of chaotic, you know? And it opened up this whole discussion around like, what is actual vulnerability? What's healthy vulnerability? What needs to be shared on the internet? Like at what point is it like, that's the other thing is I think for me, and I think there's a balance here, like in my life, It has been really important for me to not always immediately run to someone else, like to learn, like I have like, Hey, can I just like sit with this? Can I like be vulnerable with myself and like sit in it and like move through it and see what, what I, where I can land with it. Um, and that was like such a, an empowering lesson for me to learn, uh, because before I used to just run to everybody else. And I definitely had a lot of people use that against me for sure. So I think there's like a balance there too, you know, I would
1: agree. And I think it depends so much on the person. Mm -hmm. If you're already super, super comfortable running to people, Mm -hmm. then you probably want to approach this from a different lens than somebody who's not the most comfortable going to people for support. And then I think the spectrum you talked about from like, okay, what's my personal relationship with vulnerability with myself? Mm -hmm. What does vulnerability look like in my circle? And then what does vulnerability look like to the public? Like posting on the internet. I feel like those are three completely different worlds. I would agree. And there can be a different strategy for each Mm -hmm. and a different level of vulnerability that is healthy and productive, Mm -hmm. but it would really depend on like which person, which role you are. To start and then which context you're in so it's more of a matrix than a one size fits all
0: it's more of a matrix <laughs> 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 okay do you feel like that was do you feel like that was a theme for you vulnerability or uh, no what do you think 2023? of 2023 what what are like the themes that come up for you collective as a collective and also for you as an individual
1: mm, great question I want to hear yours too I think for me creativity was a big one Mm -hmm. I got into music this year I journaled every day I wrote a ton and that opened the door to a bunch of other things Mm -hmm. so I think like creativity is what opened the door to vulnerability creativity is what opened the door to connection um so those became big themes for me in the collective you were in an
0: eight year right
1: uh how would I
0: know what your life past seven. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... You're also in an eight year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would have said this was the year of abundance <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, but... It's weird because, like, I... I wasn't... I wouldn't think... I don't consider this to be my year of abundance, but I guess... I mean, I could make an argument for it. My new G-Wagon... <laughs> my my big ass house pretty abundant I could make an argument Sam loves my g-wagon she thinks she manifested it for me it's great I get to ride um, in it get all the benefits yeah which is I feel like that's a whole topic in and of itself but <laughs> I can make an argument for it but just like it didn't honestly my five when like my last five year felt like an eight year like my five year was like my like financially things were just blew up really um I definitely – yeah, so it's interesting. And I feel like this year felt like more of a 9 to me, but next year's supposed to be my 9. And I feel like next year's going to be more of a real 8 for me, which it's an 8 for the collective. So I don't know. I was just curious. Interesting. Yeah, I guess it also depends on
1: how you define abundance, Mm -hmm. right? Like, my life was very abundant in a lot of non-material things this year. So.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's, like – that's why it's – like, I like looking at the numbers – in terms of your own life, you know, for me, set like sevens are like spiritual years. For me, sevens are always something big with relationships. Like my biggest spiritual lessons are through relationships. So sevens are feel like what somebody else might look at more as like a six, but that's what my sevens are always like, you know? So I guess I should think about what my last eight was. Um definitely wasn't financial abundance. I mean, you met the the oracle this year, right? I met the oracle. Did I, did I meet her or do I just, I just remember, remember her? I'm very confused on a lot of the intricacies (laughs) of it. I know. Even after our conversations. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You can be confused. But yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird year. Okay. So creativity, anything else? I think creativity, vulnerability and connection. Mm -hmm. For you personally. For
1: me personally. For the collective, I'd be curious to kind of get a temperature check. I do, I did it with you and Andrew last night, but Mm -hmm. I do these like end of year questions. Yeah. And it'd be cool to ask people like, what's their word? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there was so much shift this year when I just look at like our friends and and what was happening for everybody, but it felt like a lot of things were falling into place too. And maybe that's where you were getting like the nine energy from, but just the idea that like the foundations being set in a lot of different ways that mm-hmm. people can then go on to build whatever they want totally. on top of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, you could perceive that as everything was like falling apart or that it was coming together and setting the foundation.
1: There's a quote about that. It's like for a seed to achieve its fullest expression, it has to be completely undone. And to somebody who doesn't understand growth, it would look like destruction. Mm. And I think that all the time when everything's falling apart. Yeah. like what is falling apart so something
0: can fall together that's how it works you know it's all it's all on perception um okay what were your themes um I feel like what just came to mind was rediscovery of self I think I was just in deep exploration of me this year as you know (laughs) um inner child for sure Like, inner child, play, fun, and I think, like, simplification, 100%. Like, that was the thing that just kept coming up again and again and again. Um, And I think support, like, really exploring support. And I ended my relationships with a number of different support systems this year, (laughs) Because I realized they weren't actually supporting me; they were actually doing the opposite in a number of capacities, and also just really reevaluating like what I need to feel supported and learning to vocalize that and kind of like advocate for that. Um, yeah, so I think just kind of really looking into my relationship with support was was a huge huge thing. I think I learned to be a lot more like explicit in my communication than I have been before. Um, so yeah, I think I just didn't realize how much over the years I kind of doled certain things down that like, I didn't realize I doled down. And this year I realized that. (laughs) Bring the sparkle back. The sparkle, sparkle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think it was a lot about like it felt very like discovery of self is what I would say. Okay. Do you feel like that maps out to the broader collective or was that more personal? I think I think it does in its own way. I mean, in some ways we're always doing that, right? Like <laughs> we're always doing that. So I think every year you could be like, yeah, I really learned a lot about myself. I do think that this year for for most people there was a lot of that energy because it was exactly what you said about like foundations being set into place so like this was a lot of people had breakups this year whether it was in their romantic relationship with their friendships with their jobs with their the city they lived in like there were so many breakups Um, and for that to happen typically requires whether it's prior to the breakup or after the breakup like a realization of whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) you know so there's something in there about like, whoa, I'm, I'm relearning. Like, what do I want? What do I need? What's actually making me happy? Like, why was I staying there? Whatever it was. So I do think that that's a theme for a lot of people this year. Um, I think that there was just kind of like this big energy showing up of, like, sorry to say this, but on a collective level, like, everyone just kind of almost getting bored with where they're at, like, just like, or like, I don't know that it's always going to be a boredom more of like, you could be busy, but still bored. You know what I mean? Like you can be busy and be doing a lot of things and just be like, I've been doing the same thing for, for forever, like a different version of the same thing. And it's like, I need something new. And I think a lot of people like through this year are kind of connecting back in with, like, I want to actually enjoy my life. Like I actually want to enjoy my life I need to choose the things that are going to allow me to do that instead of just the things that I, I think should make me happy. Those are two different things. Um, and so, you know, that's a big, intense, deep realization uh, because it's a lot of the more difficult, like, hey, everything's fine and I'm still leaving, you know? Uh, So I think a lot of people kind of went through that, but I think people are just kind of like, okay, this can't be it. Like I want more, I need more. I know there's something else for me. I miss being more creative or I want to travel or whatever, like realizing what they really want to do, which is connected to mission and like uh, people starting to make changes to make that happen. I feel like it's a
1: plant in a
0: pot and eventually
1: just can't keep growing Mm -hmm. until you move it to a new one. Totally. And then it can start growing again. That's great eventually i'll move to a new one um but getting more room mm-hmm. to roam has to happen before you can start growing in any direction yeah yeah
0: um i've always found that so i think sometimes i outgrow uh, things a little too quickly <laughs> do you think that though like
1: I- i'm curious where the not um uh, negative lens but like what's, what's too quickly compared to what?
0: I don't think, I don't think of that in a negative way. I just know that about myself, like, and uh, with a lot of people too, like I just outgrow people really quickly. And it's not about, it's not like a reflection of them. It's just like contracts up, you know, like it was great. And now I need another lesson <laughs> uh, from a different energy. So I've just always been like that. I don't know. I, I, I do – I feel like I really, like, get in there with whatever I'm experiencing. And I, like, squeeze all the juice out of it, if that makes sense. And then I'm, like, done with the lemon. So I just go through things really fast. I don't think it's bad. Like, it's it's not – I think it's – I don't really think it's good or bad. It just – it is what it is. It's how I move through the world. And sometimes I just resist it and then I – it's harder for me, I guess. And I just – always have to remind myself like this is just how I am, you know. Um so yeah, I don't think it's bad. It's just it can be, you know, tiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fast pace. It's a, it's a fast
1: pace. Which I get it. I've I have a similar one. Um I always joke I change my hobbies like the weather. Yeah. Like buy all the stuff for it and head off on one thing mm-hmm. and then three months later I'm totally over it and I'm doing mm-hmm. something else. And I think with people and friendships and relationships you either have to choose okay regardless of what season of life
2: mm-hmm.
1: you find yourself in like we're going to grow through those together
2: mm-hmm.
1: or maybe you're just not interested in each other's seasons anymore And that's totally fine mm-hmm. it's like where the direction life is taking you I'm not interested in going that way yeah but I wish you the best and if our paths ever recross like I'll be happy to see you then
0: yeah Well, I don't think I ever really choose to like commit to someone in every season, like ever. I just am clear on like, I need to be letting my seasons happen and like someone either is going to also be going through their seasons that align with me or they're not. And like, that's not really up to me to decide. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think those conclusions can always shift. Yeah. But I think to like Allison and Nick, Mm -hmm. best friends since childhood. Mm Mm-hmm we have all gone in such different yeah. ways and different seasons, but I, that's part of the foundation of the friendship mm-hmm. is regardless of what you choose to do as ridiculous as I think it may be. And you may not understand what I'm doing at all. Being there for that process and like the discovery and pursuit mm-hmm. of that is actually the foundation of the friendship. So yeah. it's been cool to see how it evolves through different seasons.
0: Well, the thing there is like, you're still resonant with each other. Like you don't have to be doing the same things to be resonant with each other. But like there are certainly people I have all kinds of friends that have gone and totally like we're living in two realities and they're some of my closest friends because we still are resonant. But there are other people I'm just not any anymore. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that'll be a theme of twenty twenty
1: three and twenty twenty four? Upcoming? What in particular? lose ending more relationships (laughs) i think more on a like the general lens than personally but with all of these new foundations being built
0: um i think that you for the collective for me in particular the collective to start but now i'm curious about both well the collective energy for me next year feels very like topsy-turvy i don't know it's feel it's like big waves. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It just, it feels very intense. It feels very like a lot of flip-flopping, a lot of like, you know, that can manifest so many different ways. That's like a lot of people like 180-ing with their lives. It's like, that could be people flipping political parties and like, you know, religious belief. It's like a lot of that like flip-flop extremist energy. Um, And I do think there are going to be a lot of people who, you know, who you thought were your like ride or die circle like next year. That's, they're not anymore it's a totally different group of people coming in um so I do think there's a lot of that kind of extreme it's a flip-flopping energy flip-flop I can see that
1: especially with everything going on
0: yeah well I think that and then for me personally yeah for sure like it always is in certain ways, but I think now that I'm like kind of coming a little more out of my hermit, which I think I'm going to come out of my hermit mode, but maybe I'll go back in. I don't know. I'm like intending to come out of it, but we'll see. What does a December normally look like for you as you're wrapping up your year? Oh, um, it's usually just very like nostalgic reflective. I review like my year. I do a lot of journaling. I do a lot of future forecasting. So like I, you know, pull cards for all my months next year, major energies. I look into my Akashic records. I just kinda like, you know, I financially plan. I, I just do all my planning. It's just like very reflective. I don't like to be, I think I'm a little thrown off right now because I'm doing so much like I'm not usually like this week working like I'm usually like in full just like channeling like reflecting intention setting mode um to get me grounded and then I go into the year like fully full steam ahead and I'm not so I'm not usually like creating new things the way I am right now (laughs) but I just am so usually that's kind of what a December usually my Decembers are like I'm not really doing that much work I'm more of just like experiencing living hanging with friends family and then Meditating a lot and journaling. I feel like I'm stealing your ideal last week of December. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And it's great. I'm glad one (laughs) of us is. I mean, I'm still going to, I'm, oh, I'm planning on this weekend doing some of it, but yeah, I'm a little, I've got, I'm going to have to create something for myself. So I feel like it is important for me to have a week. That like separates the years for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I need like a separation going to 2024. Um, so I'll have to create that for myself. It's almost like a nervous system reset. Mm-hmm. That's how I think
1: about it. Not going into Slack. Not going into your emails. Not being on Zoom calls. Yeah. When you take that out for even five days, mm-hmm. it can feel like a whole month.
0: Totally. Just disconnecting. Totally. Totally. Um. Yeah, I think my challenge for this year is going to be I do want to have a lot of events. Like, we want to do a lot of in-person events. We want to host, like, more retreats. And I'm like, suddenly my calendar is starting to look suspiciously similar to last year. <laughs> and so that is something I am not sure what I'm how I'm going to navigate or adjust or I'm still sitting with that. That was one thing that came up a lot in
1: the sabbatical. Mm-hmm where I just realized what you commit to 6 months prior yeah. is what will make up the quality of your life 6 months later. Yeah. And all of October I was doing the social sabbatical, but my work cal- I was working. So yeah. my work calendar was just as full and I was at all of these meetings and events and speaking events and none of it was necessary. Yeah. Like maybe 10 to 20% yeah of the things outside of my daily job yeah. were necessary and I realized in that month, oh, this all has to go. And November, anytime somebody would email, sorry, I have a conflict. Wouldn't even give context as to why. Mm -hmm. But it was so beautiful to have your weekends and your nights not be spoken for. Yes. And then if something comes up and you want to do that, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I think too often in the entrepreneurial space in particular, especially as a business owner, you're committing to things because you feel like you should Mm. versus they bring a ton of personal value back to you. So I would be mindful of that as you you start to schedule out. They
0: should, but but that's like, it's not that though. It's not because I think I should. It's because like, I'm like, I really, really want to do this. And I have a lot of ideas that come in. I'm like, I want to do that. And then practically in doing it as it plays out, I'm like, I love this thing, but like how I'm feeling with all this, like, Kind of chaos and i'm constantly out of my schedule and like whatever like i i'm not handling it well so i need to figure it out <laughs> and so i'm trying to figure that out that was part of the practice of what
1: i started doing yeah where the end result i always wanted mm-hmm. like i always wanted to go speak at the event i always wanted to do yeah the the conference xyz but i started to write out okay what will this require of me so i have to travel two days and i'm sleeping out of my house that means like i'm eating yeah. at restaurants and like you start to list all the things it's like oh there's actually a big energetic yeah, tax to that's this. the thing
0: that's the thing that I was not taking to into account in the last year you know um, and but you know what for me honestly I know you think this is just a <laughs> running away from the problem but running away from the problem worked for me <laughs> because it's been so nice like and I think I've only had it like twice since we've lived here just because I've still been traveling and like things have been weird, but I'm like, wow, there's actually the opportunity for me to have a weekend where like, I don't have plans, which probably hasn't happened in years. Like I was looking back at my calendar and I feel like I say this every year. And I'm like, I actually, it's been years since I have ever had a weekend where like nothing is there. Like that's crazy to me. That's crazy. It's and crazy. I require that. So moving <laughs> out here, where <laughs> I can just stay away from everybody. <laughs> like I said, I think it
1: accomplishes the same goal, mm-hmm. just a different strategy, yeah. which is cool for people listening because yeah. you, it can be super extreme to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to do a sabbatical for three months Yeah. or I'm going to sell my house and move to a different state where I know no one. Like these are really extreme things. You don't have to do that. You can yeah. say, I'm going to block off. Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and I'm not gonna do anything. And that will probably give you the same
0: peace, mindfulness benefit. Maybe, maybe, depends on what you want. Like, I realized, like, I just, I wanted a lifestyle change. Like, that is just like the lifestyle I was gonna be in when I lived there. Like, I, and because this is the thing, I'm very curious what it would be like if I had just as much travel, which we might end up in this situation. What if I had just as much travel? but I didn't have all of the social things going on because to be honest, when I'm traveling for like quote work stuff, like that shit never exhausts me. Like I love it, but it's when I'm adding in all these other random trips, you know, like that I start to like, I don't know. I feel like my work life balance was off the last year, like in the direction that most people is like the opposite. Like I like, I was feeling so ungrounded because I was spending like 80% of my time. I feel like on like social things almost, <laughs> which then 20% of my time I had to squeeze in 150% of work. Yeah. That does that make sense? doesn't add up. <laughs> it's, it's, it, the math is mathing for me. <laughs> like I, there was so much going on. Um, I guess – and the lines, I guess, are blurry with work and social sometimes. So I'm including that on, like, social things. But, like, I'm going to say, like, career work or things, like, I know I need to do for my career and I want to do or, like, things that are making, bringing in money. Um, and I felt like the amount of time – because I, because I was doing all these, like, in-between things, blurry line things and, like, social things, I had, like <sighs> – four weeks to get a year's worth of work done is like really what it felt like. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's just a bunch of pieces on the chessboard. Yeah. Right. What's yeah. going to fall?
0: What are you going to keep? I mean, the thing, I, I think this like reinvigorated in me, this conversation I like having around entrepreneurship. Like this comes is coming back to life for me. Like th- being a human Like in taking care of, like there's so much to do. There's so much to do, you know, like, like it's a full-time job. Like I think about, okay, if I want to have like my ideal day and I want to like go on a walk in the morning and then I want to like journal and you, you know how we talk about our ideal morning routine and it's like, it's like an eight hour thing. Yeah. Right. And you're (laughs) like, okay, well like what if I want a life where I'm doing that? Then I need to have a career where I can work like minimally, 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 like four hour work week. And I think that's really important for people. I think it's important. I think it's totally doable. Yeah.
1: But it has to be strategic. I think so totally. many people want to fall in to the four hour work oh week yeah. life. no, you don't do that. Right? They want to yeah. have the morning routine and it's super laid back and it's super yeah. in flow. And then they're just going to create this multi million dollar <laughs> a year revenue stream. It's like, well, no, it no. Doesn't, doesn't work that way necessarily. But if you are strategic and you are proactive, mm-hmm. you can put systems in place yes. for sure that make that lifestyle possible for you. But I think the planning piece, sometimes mm-hmm. people push to the side and try yeah. to, like, manifest and call in this dream reality.
0: Well, I think what people need to realize, and here's another theme, I guess, because this goes along with, like, quote, simplification. But it was, like, the this year was about re-evaluation. And this, there are many, like, year-long periods that are, like undoing this year was like undoing things for me and then building foundations right like the last three months has been about the new team it's like really all it's been about right um and that's important to be focusing on right and like when I'm in a season of like bringing on quite a few new people it's like very different than when there's nothing new coming in you know and on the back end like I think what people don't realize is the amount of of time and energy that goes into hey if i'm trying to pivot my whole business like that's like a one to two year event right if i'm setting if i'm trying to set up new structures like the amount of time i mean it took me what two whole years to get out of out of 101 clients it took me two whole years you know like from the day i decided from like all the contracts and all the residuals and everything to close up like you know and so I realized this year that I, I needed to change my business structure so that I could travel and do things and that could all be like included. And it wouldn't have this feeling of like, oh my God, I have to wait to be back home, um, to make that happen. You know, even just like simplifying with equipment and how I record things and like letting it be messier, or like more on the go and not so much structure and less reviewing and all that stuff. Um, and so it's taken like it's still in a process of like we're reconfiguring the entire thing to set up a structure so that I have more space um and that is not just like an overnight thing and I wish from the beginning I had thought about it that way but I think that most people like more in my I think more people listening to this are more kind of like in my industry than what you do like building that kind of company is very different than like what I do but I think a lot of people and I see this with clients like they just try and go in with every single angle thinking more is better because they're trying to make it catch. But then you get caught in this. I've just built this like whole beast and I have no free time and I'm overwhelmed and you can't grow at all, mm-hmm. you know, like so I wish I had just been simple from the start because undoing things takes a long time. Totally. And I, I agree. Our industries are different. But I think a lot
1: of this can map even to the personal. Like say you don't even have mm-hmm. a business, but it's just a habit you're trying to develop. Since I was like eight years old, I have thought in decades. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm planning in decades. And it's because I knew how hard it was to form habits. Like that was mm-hmm. a big foundation of the work that we we started doing where it won't feel like you're making progress necessarily. And if your feeling of success is too quick, mm-hmm. then You'll never hit the vision, mm-hmm. but if I knew, okay, this is my vision in ten years, and these things that I'm doing are stacking towards that. Yeah, you feel like you're making a ton of progress, and you're also less married to the one-year output, the two-year output, the three-year output. Are we on track? Okay, I'm getting better information. This is evolving. Maybe I'm shifting my end goal a little bit. It's just as great, but it's still t- five mm-hmm. years out, you know. And you start to to build and make progress, and it gives you that flexibility to know, okay this is the decision I made. It's going to take two to three years to really see it come to fruition. Mm -hmm. But I'll be so proud of the person I am
0: in three years when I've made that my reality. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that and I don't like to like decide it's going to take me three years, but I like to be like, Hey, I think I'm more realistic. And this is a manifestation thing. Like I'm a big believer in like, yeah, shrink the timeline. Like I make things happen really quickly because I don't put pressure on it happening really quickly. That makes sense? Like, yeah. I'm fully fine with however long it takes. It's going to happen. And that might be next month or that might be in 20 years. Like, but it's going to happen. And because I don't care about the time limits, how things usually move really fast for me. Mm-hmm. I have found. Totally yeah. makes sense. So, um, yeah, I don't even know how we got on that topic. but <laughs> Entrepreneurship from thinking of your schedule from
1: <laughs> I could backtrack us
0: yeah well I think that's the like you know that's what we've been talking about a lot in the membership is like In the call by last night I was just trying to get across the point of like what did you learn this year that made you r- realize what you want your priorities to be and a lot of times people we can feel like we, we know what we want our priorities to be, but what our priorities have to be are, is not what we want them to be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really important thing to dive into. And I was saying, like, I want to challenge you to, like, believe that what you want them to be is what they should be.
1: I think that's super powerful. And to ask, are my goals mine? And really investigate that question. Yeah. Because so often they're not. Yeah. (laughs) It's parents, it's friends, it's society, it's your partner, it's somebody Mm -hmm. saying this is important. Mm -hmm. And you can be so focused on making it happen to be successful in that person's eyes or to make that person happy that you waste decades chasing a dream that was never yours. Yeah. So do you want it for you? Is it your goal? are really questions to sit with as you lock in on that goal.
0: Yes. And I want to offer like a trickier way that shows up is like, this is where sometimes being almost like too aligned with service. Like when people are so, like, I want to serve, I want to serve. Right. And then you get so caught up in like, what's going to serve everybody that you're forgetting, like what's going to serve you. And then it's another version, right. Of like whose goal really is that. Um, and I think especially like in, in my space, that's kind of how the the most, com- one of the most common traps that we fall into of like, I want to show up for people. And so I'm just focused on how can I support people? But then everybody around you is like telling you what you should want to do. And then you wonder how you got somewhere that you didn't like being. <laughs> and the goal of, of being of service is a pretty directionless goal at the
1: end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to ride the wind of whatever current comes your way. Yeah. What are you trying to give? What are you trying to provide? What's the result? And then your energy can be in service of achieving that result. But if you're just being in service,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you're constantly giving, you don't really know where you're driving.
0: Yeah. And then you also will run out of anything to give. Well, I think people are nervous to be specific about where they want to go. Why do you think that is, you know, I, people, it's just much easier to be like, yeah, I, you know, I want to, I want to help heal the planet or I want to help the collective people. It's like that kind of shit. And I'm like, what does that mean though? And because that sounds a lot, it's like, sounds a lot more in people's minds, I think important than like, I want to build a business that's going to provide this product, to this many people in a year. Because they, because people think that already sounds like less than like, I'm helping the collective, like everyone. (laughs) But when that's what they're anchored to, that's, they're not really usually helping many people at all. You see what I'm saying? I think that's why people stay in that generality. Yeah. I'd be interested to dive into
1: like a conversation about gifts because that seems like the answer. Mm -hmm. Like what is your gift? What Mm -hmm. are you uniquely good at? A hundred people, for example, could probably be a holistic health coach. Yeah. But what do you specifically do really well? Mm-hmm. And where can you help unblock people the most? <laughs> Wait, and I want to dive into this. <laughs> if you're hyper, hyper focused on that, it's the most compelling thing in the world. A hundred percent. 100 percent itself. It's viral, Yeah. You know?
0: I think with that, though, like we have to be willing to ask because not usually you can't fully see that for yourself. Yeah, I think that's maybe true. some people can, but especially if you're a two line, you especially can. not <laughs> Okay, I want to dive into that because, yes, well, I want to ask you, what do you think my unique gifts are? What do I think you What am are? I specifically able to, whatever you said? Well,
1: I, I will tell you, but I also will say that I think figuring out what your gifts are is a really personal thing. I know what I would say. And I think if anybody's going to go do this exercise, Mm -hmm. definitely solicit feedback from people around you. But first sit down with your own pen and paper Mm -hmm. and write it out for yourself. Otherwise those people will influence your perspective of what it is. Mm -hmm. That aside. Um, I think that yours is, we were talking about this the other night, but seeing not potential, Uh potential is the wrong word, but like, seeing something fully realized in the present and then interacting with it as if it is the fully realized version mm-hmm. presently which is very different than seeing something's potential because it's like oh well if you do xyz or if this situation xyz happened there's a path for it to reach y versus i think your take is to say it or to see it as no no, no this exists this mm-hmm. is presently available like are you gonna get on that train or are you, are you not? Yeah. Um I think it's a really hard thing to do, especially to separate yourself and your own perspective and your own opinions from it. hmm
0: Um so I would say that. But I'm curious what you would say. I'm I'm is that what you think my unique gift is, or is that your favorite thing about me? <laughs> I think they're the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. But
1: I will say usually my favorite thing about people Mm -hmm. is what I think their unique gift is because it's what makes them unique in my mind, which is what makes them interesting.
0: Okay. I see. I see. What question question did you ask me?
1: I had asked what you thought your gift was.
0: I think I have many gifts, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) One. (laughs) I think. Wow. Okay. If I have to say one, my Ability to see, like, I guess it's a different version of what you're saying, but I would say like so many layers of different realities all at the same time. It's like what I would say. <laughs> it's just a you know a different version of what, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I think that I I always feel like I. I'm able to bring a perspective that literally no one else can bring. This is how I feel. Uh, and that's probably like the through line of everything I do. Like my unique perspective.
1: Yeah. does make sense to me. It's very similar to what I said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but w- what was the thing you said the other night? Sam said, I'm a pendulum. Oh, we did this um,
1: <laughs> branding exercise, which... I do with my friends often, so it's not as weird as it sounds. But first I was a first I was glasses. Yeah. It's no, like, I was in glasses. The business was glasses. I think in pictures. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you as a human were a metaphor for mm-hmm. something, what would it be? And originally we said glasses mm-hmm. because it was kind of going back to that same concept. Like you put them on and then you can see multifaceted storylines or whatever, evolutions, all these things. But
0: I don't Specifically, think she loved the glasses. Let, let's be specific. Glasses that have special, unique lenses. Yeah, they were like these like magic glasses. Yeah, magic glasses that will like turn on different lenses so you can see
1: the different layers of reality. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if we really dive into it, <laughs> like you're sitting here today listening to this, and if you see somebody, you can't see their bones. But if you had x-ray goggles, you could. Yeah. Imagine. There's probably a million other things that you can't see, but if you had the goggles for that lens you could so her glasses have these like interchangeable lenses for whatever <laughs> you're trying to see uh but i think she didn't love that one cause she asked for a new one yeah there was a reason why i didn't love it that I, I don't remember right now and then we landed on the pendulum even though i don't particularly no we didn't
0: land on that we landed on a new moon ceremony i think you liked the ceremony no, we d- i can show you the branding sheet we have it all written up it was a ceremony and then you the other night say so, didn't we do this like two nights ago <laughs> No, we did the branding, we did the branding exercise like a year or two ago. I thought you were referring to the one from two nights ago. <laughs> okay. We started with glasses and then in that session, we ended at a new moon ceremony. Okay. Like a ceremony, right? Like you're coming into my space. It's a vibe. It's like ethereal. There's cacao. Like I'm facilitating. Like that was, that was it. You're refreshing. Right? Yep. And then that was however long ago, a while ago. And then the other night, Sam just changes it <laughs> and says, I'm a pendulum. Yeah. she said the ceremony. I was like, oh, I don't think that's right. Uh, which is probably
1: why I didn't remember it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I don't love pendulums. They kind of freak me out, but. Oh my God. They're uh, the best. They're like super direct. Mm-hmm. Very confident. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very opinionated.
0: Um, <laughs> that's why I like them. <laughs> exactly.
1: So I thought it was a good metaphor.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's like, wow. Anything else about the pendulum? That feels like so simple. I'm trying to think. That's it? No, there was more complexity to it. I, as a person, am a pendulum. Yeah. Is my business a pendulum?
1: I would have to, I'd have to sit with that. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No.
0: Okay. I'm the pendulum in the ceremony. You're really attached to the ceremony. Well, now that you're telling me the ceremony's wrong, I'm just like needing to know. (laughs) You're just breaking my world. (laughs) Well, we'll have to get another pen and paper out.
1: I'd have to. Yeah. It's probably changed now that
0: I've, that I have expanded with my personalities now that I have so many more personalities. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think is, has been, uh, the most surprising or interesting, uh, thing that you've witnessed in my life in the last year? Hmm. I should have prepped for these questions. I'd have better
1: answers. No. The most surprising thing that I have witnessed. I mean, I would say the Oracle thing. Really? Was pretty interesting. Yeah. For context, I went on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't believe that that was that surprising for you.
1: Yeah. Well, think. I, I know a bunch of our friends did the... You've seen me channel before. Yeah, but I've never interacted Oh, okay. with you while channeling. <laughs> yeah. I, a bunch of our friends had done those podcasts back in the day. Yeah. And I did not. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it was just an interesting experience. So okay. that was probably the most surprising. But you as you. Yeah, me as me. You as you. Um, <laughs> you really, you're not a surprising person because so much of what you do is beyond comprehension (laughs) (laughs) okay that's fair maybe a delicate way I was surprised by the car really when I suggested the car it was kind of like a yeah you should get a (laughs) (laughs) g-wagon so then when you texted me and said you were getting it yeah I was like oh
0: wow Okay, great. (laughs) Well, it was, like, already in my... That was, like, already what I was going to get in my head. And I was like, no, that can't be it. Like, here's the thing. I might do a whole podcast about my car and the whole process of it because I feel like there's so much good... Like, so many good stories within this whole process. Um, This whole car situation was, like, surprisingly full of important things. But... I knew I had to get a new car. I'm I'm not picky with cars in terms of, like, features. Like, I'm pretty basic, usually. I don't really care. But I am picky about how things look. Like, I want a car that I think looks cute. Like, I'm very picky, and there's not much. And I think that's one of the other reasons why I've been avoiding getting a new car for so long. Because I look on the road, and I'm like, there's really nothing I, like, like. The car I always wanted was a Range Rover. But, you know. Everyone I know with the Range versus says that they're the worst. So I'm like, okay, I shouldn't get it. But I love how it looks. Um, so there wasn't really anything I wanted. And then, like, the G-Wagon, I'm like, well, that's, like, the only car I actually like the look of. Um, but it, I was like, there's no, I'm not, I don't need all that shit. Like, that's for, like, people that collect cars. <laughs> um, and then I was meditating. I just kept being like, what car should I get? And they just kept showing me the G-Wagon. I was like, really? Like, okay and so i was like i guess i'll just go test drive it and (laughs) see and so he went to mercedes and i test drove it and um yeah i actually the first one i saw was the one i bought and i don't know how much you know about buying a g-wagon but like nothing obviously they're not (laughs) so they're not like common. So like to get a G-Wagon, you're either ordering it, which then it comes a year later. So you're like, I want a new G-Wagon and it comes a year later. Or you're picking from the selection of what's already like been ordered, which like means like the dealerships, they get them in here and there if someone trades it. So a lot of times there will be no G-Wagons on the lot. Um, If somebody like decides to trade in their G-Wagon for like a new one or whatever, usually not another car, it's usually like a new one then they'll have it on a lot. It's like a big deal. And it usually goes within a day. So they're like not common to find really. Um, and so the guy who was like, you know, these go and the same day I first went, like there were, there were two, um, there was the one that I bought that had just been brought in like for service. So like no one else had seen it yet. And it still had to go through the whole service thing to, to get test driven. And then there was one that was out and that one was sold in a day. And that was the one I test drove. Um, So anyway, yeah, I was just like, I went and I looked at all the other Mercedes cars and I was like, yeah, I don't really like the look of any of these. And then, you know, we kind of just like drove past. I didn't go inside, but I drove past all the other dealerships because it's like, you know, one of those areas where all the dealerships are on the one road. I'm like, yeah, I don't really like how any of these look. I think I just only like the G wagon. Um... And he was like, you know, there's so, people put so much energy around it. Like, it's going to be so hard to find. You need to act now. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, uh, I don't know. And he kept trying to pressure me to buy it. And I was like, I don't know. And so I go home for the holidays. And I'm like, you know what? I think I should just get the G-Wagon because I need a car. <laughs> so while I'm home, I call him. I'm like, can we lock this in while I'm here? And he's like, OK. So I lock it in while I'm home. And then I picked it up. And that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> I mean, super straightforward. I was surprised, though. It was pretty, pretty similar to how I bought my last house. <laughs> like, minimal, really no research, really no searching, really no, like... Well, I remember being
1: surprised when I first came to your house. Why? Because it's in this, like, suburban neighborhood. Yeah. And it's just, like, a massive multi-bedroom house. <laughs> and I, I didn't know you were living with your boyfriend at the time. So as I pull into the driveway, I think you're like living in this house by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm basically I'm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like what? Uh, so yeah, you're you're a little puzzle. Like there's pieces that oh, come you. together as time goes on. Yeah. And then you kind of like throw it off the table, and you're like, there's a new
0: new puzzle. Well, I think I belong in this G wagon. It is really, it is, it's doing something for me. I felt like I belonged too. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you do yeah we're gonna go out for a nice dinner tonight and g-wagon it up <laughs> get a cocktail It'll be yeah fun. i can't wait cool well that's 2023 i was gonna say 2024 i'm gonna say 2024 is the year of the g-wagon that's what i'm deciding like that represents to me 2024 abundance so what is that what would you t- segue that to the collective is the year of abundance coming Yeah. Okay. That's a numerology thing. It's an eight year. But outside of that, I haven't done my forecast yet because they keep pushing it off. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's going to be tumultuous and topsy-turvy. That's what I said before. Like, and I think people will take that as like from like being nervous, but I'm like, no, that's like really good energy. That's like me. That's what I'm saying is that's the energy of me trading in my 2012 Ford Escape that costs $25,000 to my $185,000 G-Wagon. <laughs> that's the energy of for. <laughs> it's like in a nutshell. Like that's like started from the bottom. <laughs> like now
1: we're here. <laughs> I hope that abundance is
0: <laughs> exemplified in every day. Yeah. Of next year. 100%. But my point is like that's available, but it would have just, it would have been just as easy for me to be like, oh I shouldn't spend that money I should just buy this you know $60,000 car like that choice is just as easy but I chose that one and because I chose that one it's gonna open up all kinds of other things for me (laughs) a car is is an investment it's a manifestation tool because every time I sit in that car I'm like this is who I am (laughs) <laughs> you know? <laughs> Got to create your reality. You do. So while people, this is the thing, I just view investments different, differently than different people. I mean, investments is probably the most personal totally
1: topic, right? Mm-hmm. Like savings is an investment. Investing in any capacity is an investment. Investing your time is an investment. Mm-hmm. And people make investments all day mm-hmm. and don't necessarily always
0: think about what's the ROI of me putting my time here well I think what a lot of people I'm just gonna go back to the car as an investment right my parents are like I can't believe you are starting that money running in a car <laughs> and I'm like why I'm like I think it's a great investment I'm like I've got plenty of money sitting in the bank I should probably, I want to put, I should put it in in physical assets, but I, there's no house on my mind right now. It's like where I would rather put it. Um, and it's gotta go somewhere. And that car, like those hold their value. Like people, you can, I can sell that in four years and I'm going to make most of my investment back. Like they're rare. I'm like, it's a great investment. You know, I'm like, if I, what, if I sell that in four years and I, uh, sell at 425,000 and I just, okay, so it was 60 grand. How's that any different than me just paying cash for my 60 grand car, which is what I would have done. Same fucking thing, you know, but what that, what they don't take into consideration is how I feel every day when I'm driving that car and what that allows me to embody and become. And then from that, all the other things I manifest in alignment with it. Cause now I've owned, oh, this is who I am. And then I manifest more money, you know? sounds like such a smooth process it's very smooth i've you know got it down (laughs) 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 so you know it's me and my shenanigans but whatever do you feel complete always what are what are i'm gonna ask you what are you most excited for for next year music it's a new
1: discovery i started playing piano in covid Just picked up a guitar for the first time in 20 years. Started singing lessons. Mm -hmm. I've now decided
0: I'm making an album. Can't wait. So I'd say that. Can't wait. What about you? I told you, in-person events. Isn't that what I said? I think you did. Yeah, 100%. I'm just like so, like, I just love them. I love them. I love being in person with people, like, It's just so powerful and fun. And I just want to focus on that, having more fun. I'm just, like, sick of screens. I mean, I I like the screens. You know, they serve me well. But, like, we got to have more in-person, like, fun. I feel like it's playful. It's connective. Totally. Yeah. And that's really – here's a connecting question to leave people with. Like, so – Andrew and I were watching *Rise of the Guardians*. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have seen it. It's a, it's an animated movie about like you know Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and like Jack Frost and all of those types of beings. And one of the things that came up in there was like, um, and I don't remember exactly how he worded it. I was kind of like half sleeping while we watched it. Cause it wasn't like that great, but (laughs) one of the ideas was like Santa was telling Jack Frost, like you have to figure out your core, like your core frequency, like your core energy you're here to bring through. And that's like your magic. And that's what supercharges everything. And so when Jack like figures out what his core energy is to share it, like unlocks all of his abilities and like brings him back from, you know what I mean? Like he's unstoppable against the bad guy. And I was like, that is just a really good really good question of like, what is like the core frequency for me that I'm here to bring through, you know? And I think that was, it's just like another way to phrase kind of what I was diving into for myself this year and like continuing to explore. But I think that's a really helpful thing to, I think for me, like what it really is, is different than what I thought it was. To be honest, like I, and Andrew and I talk about this a lot, like I really think a big piece of my core energy is about like play and fun Mm -hmm. and like there are a lot of contexts I'm put in that like don't really show that but that's like most of who I am you know and I think like if you took like me and Andrew and like how he would describe me versus like how you would describe me it'd be like two completely different people totally because like you're more like intellectual and like philosophical and like Sagittarian, <laughs> you know, so like that's not really what our relationship is like. Um because I yeah, you know, so anyway, I was have been thinking a lot about that and especially with like magnetism and the business and like where things uh feel like they're flowing, where they feel like they're not, and like what I know feels like it's flowing in the best way and I feel amazing is like when my core frequency is coming through and it's like when we're playing together. Like, when people are having so much fucking fun, you know? And, like, that's why, like, the way I describe everything, like, I'm, like, I joke around a lot, I'm super sarcastic, like, I make fun of myself, like, you know what I mean? is like, a really important part of who I am, and there's something that happens, especially in person, where I feel like that can really flow through, and I think a lot of where things weren't working was when, like, um, I was describing things or, like, showing up in the way that everybody expected me to instead of, like, how I really am mm-hmm that makes sense definitely does and i think that's why there's nothing more
1: powerful than getting in a room with someone mm-hmm. at the end of the day 100 like percent. you can never pick up the same vibe from yeah a video or a podcast that mm-hmm. you can pick up seeing them face to face 100 percent. so i'm excited for the in-person events i think they'll be fun are
0: you gonna come all right isn't there one oh yeah early coming. january you're coming to that one yeah <laughs> yeah but they're not invited sorry <laughs> just you <laughs> Well,
1: sorry, sorry about that one, up there. <laughs> sorry about that. um That it's just like a dress rehearsal.
0: It's I wouldn't say it's a dress rehearsal. I would just say it's a. It's not. It's not an. I don't know. It's just like a small number of people. <laughs> in a in a house. What do they
1: call it when you have a um? It's, it's a, a restaurant. And they're doing a, a restaurant opening. Yeah, like a dinner before. It's an oracle opening. Yeah. It's kind of like a soft launch
0: yeah soft launch i think it's a hard launch but the restaurant okay whatever (laughs) okay that's that so thank you for all of your insights (laughs) and sharing questions um if people want your your branding and marketing support where should they reach out
1: I'm, doing a, I'm trying to think. I'm doing a social media detox. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is really... A <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like not the most available online right now, but probably my Instagram. It's just my name.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll spell it out for you. The... I would say it, but it's... we need it spelled. Okay, we'll, sp- we'll spell it out. Um, I'm excited for your 2024 and my 2024 and everyone's 2024 who's listening. So... Thank you all for listening in. Let us know if this resonated. What came up for you this year? What are you most excited for next year? And uh, next time I talk to you, it'll be 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Goodbye.